Welcome to another episode of Employability Matters, a careers-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. This episode is part of an international series which highlights professionals and entrepreneurs who have moved from their native country to start a new life elsewhere. Introducing you to Dr. Cheryl Jantjes, who moved from South Africa to the UK. Cheryl completed medical school training over 20 years ago in Cape Town, South Africa, and then emigrated to the UK, where she worked as a resident medical officer. For the past 14 years, she has been health screening patients, which involves consulting them on a range of health concerns. So let's get started. I have a special guest and I was just saying to my special guest that I feel really honoured, <laughs> really, really honoured to have Dr. Cheryl here today on the podcast, who will be speaking about her career journey, you know, her move from South Africa to London and all the wonderful stuff in between. And hopefully, well, I know it's not even going to be a hopefully, I know that her story will inspire you towards positive action, because that is a reason why this podcast was you know launch is to inspire you towards positive action hi i'm dr cheryl yankees and i am a health screening doctor working in the uk awesome awesome uh, you know what i'm going to do i'm going to find a sound to do like a round of applause or a da 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 type of thing you know but i want to okay. pick you up yeah, because yeah. I, I always like to big up my guest, you know, because I love to hear about, you know, people's career journey, like how they were inspired, you know, to enter into the career that they're doing. But I just want to big you up because firstly, you've come from Cape Town um, over 20 years ago and yes. um, you emigrated to England and you worked as a resident medical officer, RMO, yeah. and yeah. Um, for the past 14 years you have been involved in health screening of patients which involves consulting them on a range of health concerns I'm telling you da -da -da -da, that's what I want to do to you like that is amazing as I said I feel so honored so in terms of um your journey you know in terms of your inspiration what was your inspiration to get into the medical field um it's an actually a very interesting story. I kind of fell into it, um, becoming a doctor. Um, so I, I was born in South Africa in Cape Town, grew up there, went to school, and then I started applying for universities. And in South Africa, you can apply to any university you want, as many as you want. And what I did was, um, because I've always been fairly clever at school and academic, and I had like a range of, what is the word, talents um, that I've been told that I can do basically anything that I want to. So I, I gravitated towards the sciences. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something with science and I knew I wanted to do something with people. So I applied for lots of science types of um, degrees and which goes from, um, physiotherapy to occupational therapy and one of them was medicine and I made a deal with myself that whoever applies um, replies first that I get in 
that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it happened to be medical school, replied first. Um, and that is what I did. So yeah, that's how I fell into it, I, I say. Um, but um, of course, when I started it, it was a whole different story. It's like quite unexpected. Um, and then um, I saw, no, this is not easy. I'm going to have to be really, um, I'm going to have to really think about this and just work really hard, as, as hard as I could. And I was a little bit, my first year, probably not sure whether or not this was for me. Um, and then as it, and then I passed and I'm like, okay, I'm still here. And I remember in third year, we did um, a rotation in labor ward. And that's when I delivered my first baby. And it was such an emotional experience for me. I'm sure it was for the mom as well. Such an emotional experience for me and the, just the whole process. And, and that's when I knew, I knew this is it the rest of my life. I'm going to be doing this um, medicine. I want to make a difference in people's lives. Um, sorry. And then I came to England. Now the story about me coming to England is interesting because um, I knew from the age of 14 that I was going to come to England. I was a bookworm. I spent lots and lots of hours in the library. And I remember reading Jane Austen books and it just took me away. And it was talking about this amazing place, you know, London, England. Um, and I knew one day I was gonna visit there. Um, and I remember when I finished university, there was like a stand of people, what you want to do after, after university. And there was one that said, do you wanna to come to England? And I was like, yes, where do I sign? I'm going. <laughs> it was literally three months from when I signed it until I came here. Um, and yeah, I never looked back really. Um, I didn't imagine me being here 20 years later, but here I am and loving it. That is an awesome story. And you know what I took away from what you were sharing is that you always had an interest in the sciences and as you know, over here, you know, schools, education, the government are trying to encourage young women, young girls, especially to take up STEM subjects. So that, again, your interest in the sciences, but you wasn't sure which root of the sciences that you wanted to take. But when you delivered your first baby, what was that experience like? Oh, uh, it was so emotional and spiritual and just bringing new life into the world um, was, I, I honestly, I cannot describe the feeling. I cannot describe the feeling. It's um, amazing. Um, but then obviously you have to do all the other stuff as well. You have your moment, but then, oh, is the mom okay? And yeah, it, it, it is a bit... <laughs> a bit chaotic sometimes making sure everything works um but yeah it was amazing I I that that was a very spiritual experience for me yeah yeah because 
I'm also taking the fact that how you want to make a difference and that most probably is true. So how many years did it take for you to become um, professionally trained as a doctor, to qualify as a doctor? So at university, um, I studied at um, University of Stellenbosch and you study um, six years and you rotate through all, all the different departments. Um, and then when you finished, you're a doctor, but then you have to do, we call it, um, we call it house doctor years. So I had to do two house doctor years. I think you will probably, I think in England, they call it work experience. Um, so you had to do two years of that and then you're fully qualified. So in total, eight years. Um, eight and so you're fully fledged, yes. Yeah. That is so good because like, you know, professions like yourself and also lawyers and barristers, there are some, there is a lot of element on the practical side. So it's good that you was able to learn the theory and also gain some oh, practical yeah. work experience, like an internship type of thing. Exactly. So, so during your time, because I love South Africa, you know, oh, I wow. love South Africa. I was in South Africa, was it 2009? Was it 2009? I'm thinking about that year. I was there for three months because I worked um, for a charity. It was called the South African Education Partnership and they were based mm -hmm. in Rendezvous in Cape Town. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, you've, you've experienced Cape Town. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. You know, my mom traveled there. She spent about three weeks there. And my good friend, Amanda, she spent about a week there as well whilst mm -hmm. I was there. It was, I loved it. I felt it was very youthful, very energetic. Um, it is. Isn't it? It is a very, yeah, very youthful city, yes. It's buzzing almost. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that, you know, people love to, you know, go out and eat and party and just enjoy their life, you know. But if I was... Oh, if friendly. Was, yeah. <laughs> if you so, was to compare like Cape mm -hmm. Town to London, you know, in terms of your mm -hmm. transition from Cape Town to London, what, are, what was your first year like living in London? Did you like it or did you think, oh my gosh, that was the worst decision ever? How did you cope? <laughs> so I came, I, I um, came over, so I organized the work, the resident medical officer already in South Africa, and then I came over here. I didn't know where I was going to be placed. So my first day I landed in Heathrow, on Heathrow, it was a massive culture shock because we came in January. So at the height of summer for me um, in, in Cape Town to the middle of winter, um, and everything was just gray. I, I remember just looking at it and I'm like, I'm sure this isn't London. This can't be <laughs> what I've been told. But yeah, it was, so it was a culture shock. I only spent about two days in London because then I needed to go up to my placement, which was actually in the North of England um, in Preston. So that was even more of a culture shock then. Um, mostly the language. Um, my first language was in English. Although I can speak, I can write English. It wasn't my preferred tongue. So when you go up and you add the accent to the English um, and me still struggling um, at first, um, it, was, 
yeah, it was, I, I, I could say that I cried for three months. Oh, I know it was so sad. I, I did because I just like, it, I didn't fit. But then my, um, I did say to myself at the time, you have to give it, you have to give it time. You have to try at least two years. And if it then doesn't work, then you can go back home. Mm. Um, so, and that's probably a little bit of my grit that I have inside the internal motivation. You can't just give up on something so easily just because it doesn't feel good at the beginning. Living in Cape Town just for the three months, you know, is that I really had to dig deep. Yes. I had to push myself out of my comfort zone, you know, to meet people, to go out. And, you know, people would think that I'm quite a an extrovert type person, but it took me a lot because I was there by myself. I had to really force myself to make friends to ensure that I had the best experience. Yes. I had a lot of support, like from the... Um, the couple that I lived with, they rented me a room and I stayed there and they showed me about Ronde Bush and about Cape Town and then I was left to my own devices. So what type of support did you get through your transition moving from Cape Town to London? They, um, the company I came with, they actually had brought a group of us. So it was a lot of people that I knew already, even though they placed us in different areas we could always communicate with each other on the phone, on the internet. You remember dial-up internet? <laughs> dial-up internet. Um, and then we, um, there was, they had this um, house that if on the times that you're not working, um, that you can go and live in the house and just go out with people that you know, or people from your own country. So it wasn't that bad. And I had people, um, some of my friends already living in England. Um, I had one of my best friends who lived in Leeds and I went up to see her a lot. Um, so yeah, it, it was better, it became better, definitely. And then after about a year of doing that up north, I asked them to place me in London. So I came down to London, um, but, the way I worked was I worked one week on and then I, the, the next week I was off completely. When I was working, I needed to be on site in the hospital because I was there for medical emergencies. Um, and, but that's why I get a one week on and one week off. So I can just de decompress and, you know, have fun and have a little bit of a life. So it was difficult to rent somewhere um, because half of the time you're not going to be there. Um, so I, um, I did go and live with my friend in Leeds in the end, um, which was amazing. And then I moved to London. Um, the difference between London and Cape Town is, well, you can probably tell me as well, Cape Town is much smaller. And I feel, although London is, busy this it's Cape Town is a bit more laid back busy if if can you understand what I'm saying I understand I yeah. um but it's still amazing it's still both cities I love dearly mm. dearly um and now I've been here so long that now if I close my eyes and I say oh I want to go home 
I mean, I want to come to the, the UK. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, yes. It is very interesting, yes. Um, also because English wasn't my first language. And I knew I was meant to stay here when I started dreaming in English. That's how you know. I know. So your first mother tongue is Afrikaans, is that correct? Afrikaans, yes, 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 yes. Wow. So you, uh, yeah, so you, <laughs> you're here now because that's just really, it shows a lot about your character though and your ambition for you to reading from, you know, the Jane Austen books and, you know, taking yourself away, you know, into that time and space. And now you're here. Let's talk about your challenges, you know, through your, your time in terms of transitioning from, you know, South Africa to here to London, UK, but going up to Leeds and stuff. What, what challenges did you face? I know you spoke about um, the language, you yes. know, yeah, is, is there yeah, anything yeah. else, any other challenges that you faced? Um, the culture obviously was different. It mm -hmm. took me a while to understand and the way people do things. Mm -hmm. uh, I was quite comfortable in what I was doing medically in my job because I know how to do that um, at least. Um, but yeah, that was probably just the only thing was the language I would think. Um, and also working one week on which is 24 seven, it's a long time for, and believe me, I've counted 168 hours. I still remember. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Um, yeah, but you do your time, you do your time. You do your time, isn't it? Because you were saying at the beginning that you are, that you are um, a health screening doctor. So talk mm -hmm. us through your speciality and like your typical day and duties. What does it look like? I, um, I usually see a patient for an hour. Um, in that time, I go through their whole medical history, their family history, allergies, all sorts of things. Um, and then we speak about the things that they Particularly, I always give them an option to say, is there anything in particular that you want to talk to me about? Um, and that can be anything, really. It ranges from cancer to diabetes to um, family history, um, lifestyle advice, um, so all sorts of things. Um, and then we'll discuss that. And if I feel the need that, you know, I need to them to see somebody else to take it further, then I'll refer them. Um, and um, then they get a report about the consultation. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Um, but the test has lots of things, urine tests, blood tests, ECGs, all sorts of tests that we do that we then um, go through as well. Excellent, so from um, work, from, I would say, delivering your first baby that made you realize, oh my gosh, this is what I definitely wanted to do. How did you transition into being a health screening doctor? Um, so I knew part of that first experience was, and to be honest, I knew before that I needed to work with people and I didn't particularly know what it was that I needed to do with people. Um, and then the, that experience happened. And then I found out that I, I really need to help people. And then that 
transitioned into, I need to make a difference. I need to touch people in some way if I get in contact with them. Um, even if, and, and my motto is now, even if one person, one patient changes one thing, I've done my job. Um, one thing a year, I'm good. Um, so, and this is just my way of helping people to see where they can be better. And therefore their lives will be better. Um, you know, we need to all be in good health so that we have a long, long and wonderful life, isn't it? So your job role is definitely required. And also quality of life. <laughs> yeah, quality of life, you know. Yeah. Quality yeah. of I life. I always say it's, it's no use um, living long and being miserable. Yeah, true. That's so very true. Who, who would want that anyway, isn't it, for That's themselves, it. right? To live long and to be miserable. Oh, goodness. So I know this isn't in the brief, but I just want to ask you top four um, health concerns that people come to speak to you about when they come to see you. Probably at the moment, it's COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be, be right up there. But to be honest, people are very informed. Um, so that's one. The other thing is um, lifestyle. People um, want to know what can they do to make their lives better um, where they don't further down the line need, need medical intervention. So that would be exercise, sleep, um, things like diet. Um, so yeah, we just go through that. So I would say lifestyle um, and then cancer. Cancer is a big one. People are worried about cancer, especially if they have family histories of cancer um so let's talk about um the skills and the qualities if somebody wants to be a health screening doctor or take the the medicine route what type of skills and quality was you say that said you must possess this to be a a doctor because i find you know and the one thing that when i have conversations with friends and family about their own mgp is that some people say i don't get on with them they're not, they're cold, they're not warm, they don't show any interest, you know, or other people, they may say, do you know what, my doctor is superb, they listen and they take the time, you know, to hear my concerns without any judgment. So what do you believe are the skills and qualities that are needed to be a doctor? Probably my top skill would be empathy. Um, take time to listen to people. Um, because that's what they're there for. They, they need somebody to listen to them. Be adaptable. Um, yeah, the second would be because in the field that I am, things change all the time. Um, what is true today wasn't true two years ago, might have been different five years ago. So making sure that you keep on top of that um, is really important. And then be sincere. People know when you're not sincere um from my side that that would probably be some of yeah the three top qualities that i would look for in a doctor um and if people have that absolutely go for it that's good because um as i said you know you always get always hear stories about doctors in general <laughs> you know, know. 
whether but, they're attentive uh, or not you know you always get the feedback whether it's good or not so good and so what about the things that you're most proud of my role at the moment i'm probably most proud of making a difference um i'm going to tell you a little story of a patient i saw many years ago and he comes in for regular screens we have usually people tend to come once a year once every two years and i noticed um that one of his readings was just slightly going up and up and up and it was it just didn't sit right with me at the time. It was one of his blood readings. And um, I called him and I said to him, I remember um, he wasn't even in the country, he was abroad. And I said, I don't like this. And I think I need to refer you. Um, and he's like, okay, that's fine if, if you think I need to go. So he went in the end and um, I, um, and that was then forgotten. I just referred him further. And then probably a few months later, he came to see me um, out of nowhere. He didn't have an appointment or anything. Um, and um, he brought me a bunch of flowers to say thank you um, because I basically referred him and they found cancer. And yeah, and um, because of that, because I just, didn't want to leave it um and he was so thankful for that and that was one of the biggest moments for me um and then obviously <laughs> I was just thinking being asked to be interviewed on a podcast that's a highlight <laughs> that is yeah those those two probably stand out for me oh oh wow but you know what that's what I mean Cheryl is like you've saved somebody's life you know you know when you have the knowledge but yeah. you also have the gut instinct to say do you know what something exactly. doesn't sit right I need to follow on and that's what I mean the conversations that I have with family and friends it is just that when a doctor shows that they really care you know when they go the extra mile because it's, it could easily just save a life, you know? So, yes. oh man, that you must've been smiling from air to air, but you were just doing things that was just natural, I, isn't it? You know? I, the thing is I was just doing my job. Yeah. And, and that made me, it just reinforced the fact that I need to listen to my gut, my gut feeling. Um, so yeah, that's just one of the biggest, nicest things that's ever happened to me in my career. No, awesome. Now you're doing so well, especially working throughout this time of COVID, you know, people should be giving more flowers and <laughs> more chocolates or whatever to you all, you know. I'm sure they do get it because I'm just, the energies are just amazing um, how they coped and are still coping um, because that was the biggest concern. It's like, will they be able to cope? and they've shown us and it's it's the people the people care it is and that's what we're in it for mm, that's so so true so you know you're working as a health screening doctor at this present time mm -hmm. you know what um career progression opportunities are you thinking of in the future or are available in the type of work that you're doing now 
I do love what I do. Yeah. Um, getting the direct patient contact on a daily basis. Um, whether or not I can go operational, so I can help look at guidelines and write that, um, things like that. Or I can go further clinical, um, where I can oversee younger doctors, um, make sure that they're okay. Um, and then, yeah, that's probably as far as I will go um, at this stage, but I love my job. I, I'm, I'm happy every day. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, yes, I don't mind going to work. I don't have the dread that people talk about the Sunday night dread. I'm happy to go to work all the time, so. Yeah, I um, know, and, and, I've, and I've witnessed that firsthand. So I know that you are very passionate about the job that you do, you know, definitely. But you know what, it's, that, that's what I mean. It's just so important to, you know, we all want to be successful in our job roles, isn't it? And sometimes as what you were saying, you know, like on a Sunday evening, you get the dread to think, oh my gosh, I've got to go into work type of thing. But that's so lovely and encouraging to hear that you don't get that feeling. <laughs> You know, I sometimes think the weather is not great, so I don't yeah. want to go outside. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm not dreading the work, and I'm very lucky because I work with very good people um, who are just as passionate as I am. Um, so yeah, I'm in a lucky position. No, that's really good. That's really good. Encouraging words. Would you leave with our listeners today? Don't be scared of how long it takes you to get there. Enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. I'm still on my journey. Um, and I don't know where it takes me, um, but that doesn't matter because I'm enjoying this part now. Um, if you find when you invest in people, you always feel good about yourself um, because people, will give you that feedback immediately or later. Um, so yeah, don't, don't be scared to, to invest there. It's not, it's not easy, um, but it's definitely worth it. I would say the destination It is about the journey. And as they say, we keep on hearing, you know, words like, you know, what we are doing now in terms of even looking for a job or pursuing whatever career aspirations, it is not a sprint, it is a marathon. So you have to take your time. And not everybody's journey is the same. Not everybody's exactly. journey is the same, but we have to be adaptable and resilient and show that throughout. And you have definitely shown that throughout your journey, you know, from leaving one country to the next, setting up brand new, learning how different things are and just going with it and being a success in what you're doing. So that is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. So thank you so much. I'm going to end it with Dr. Cheryl. Okay. Thank you so much anyway. Dr. Cheryl for coming on to um, today's Employability Matters podcast. And, you know, you have, again, as I said to you, been a blessing as you have shared your career journey i know that people will be inspired
Hey everyone, this is your host, Sophia Lewis, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters, a careers and job-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing. I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters.